just raise your hands with me right now? Would you say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you that you're going to give me ears to hear and a heart to respond. Awaken within me hope. Awaken in me faith. Awaken in me a new life in Jesus' name. And everyone said, give the Lord a clap for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles today, would you please turn with me to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 17. Thank you, choir. Thank you, worship team. Let's give them a big hand. They have done that five times this weekend. Five times. Amen? And so uh, they've been busy. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. Amen. John sees a picture of Jesus. And he sees not a dead Jesus, but a risen Jesus. And Jesus says to him, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys of death in Hades in my hand. Now I want to thank everybody for coming this morning. It's wonderful to see all of you folks here. We have packed this place out every time for five times this weekend already. And uh, I want to thank you for coming out. Now, maybe some of you came because you were invited by someone and you're checking out our church and we want to say thank you for coming. Some of you came screaming and kicking, but you're here. You came because somebody asked you to come and you want to make somebody happy. But whatever the reason why you are here today, I want to tell you that this will be the most important service you will ever attend in your life. That this will be the most important service of your whole entire life. The reason for that is because we've come today to celebrate. We've come to celebrate something very important. Now I have to tell you something, okay? Now some people say, why is it that he gets so excited? You know, I mean, is it, you know, is it an act or something? No, I got to tell you something. To be honest with you, I'm just Italian, alright? I'm Italian. And Italians can be pretty passionate. And not only that, but I'm Pentecostal. So I'm an Italian Pentecostal that's filled with the Holy Spirit. I know that my name's been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I know I'm going to heaven. I know if I die today, Jesus is going to take me with Him. I know I'm going to see Him face to face. And I think that's something to shout about. Somebody say amen. Now, I have to warn you this day. I got to warn you this morning that we're going to have a party today. Amen? I mean, I have to be honest with you. Celebrating Easter should be a great big party. Amen? Now, I got to tell you, every day of our life should be a party. Every day should be a celebration. But on this day, we're going to celebrate. Um, in fact, I think I'm, I think I'm back. I just want to... I want to thank everybody for coming tonight and being with us today. We're going to celebrate. We want to, we want to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Could you imagine if the Godfather got saved? I just, I just want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for making me a, a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Could you imagine if Rocky Balboa got saved? 
hey, you know what I'm talking about? Like Jesus came into my life one time and I was never the same. You know what I'm saying? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's crazy, man. He's crazy. He's lost it. He's lost it. But, but today we've come to celebrate something very important. And I believe that this is going to be the most important service of your life because I am believing today that there's going to be an awakening in your heart. I believe that hope is going to awaken in your heart again. I believe you're going to have a power awakening today. I believe you're going to have a faith awakening today. I believe that you're going to have an awakening of courage in your life. That you're going to be able to face the difficult times of your life with great faith in your life. In fact, today we're starting a brand new series entitled The Awakening. So you don't want to miss next week as well. We're going to talk about a faith awakening in our life. And we're going to share some miracles that has occurred in our church. Some people that have literally gotten healed of physical ailments in their life. And so we're going to celebrate what God is doing today. Why? Because we're celebrating the most important event in the history of mankind. We are celebrating the resurrection. We are celebrating life today. We are celebrating divine intervention. We are celebrating resurrection power. And friends, we're celebrating Jesus. We've come to celebrate Jesus. We celebrate not a dead Jesus, but a, a risen Jesus. We celebrate a Jesus that's sitting, he's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. We are celebrating Jesus, the one who died for us, the one who rose again, the one who's seated at the right hand of the Father in glory, the one that's coming again, the one who is madly in love with you and I. Somebody say amen. amen. Now every day of our life should be a celebration. Did you know that the early Christians... When they greeted each other, it was always about the resurrection. They would say, Christ is risen, indeed he is risen. If they were Greek, they would say, Christo anesti, alitos anesti. Everybody try that with me. Christo anesti. Christo anesti, alitos anesti. They would say, Christ is risen, and the person would respond back and say, indeed he is risen. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you are the funniest looking person I've ever seen in my life. But indeed, Christ is risen. Tell somebody, indeed, Christ is risen. And because He is risen, we have a reason to celebrate. Because He is risen today, we have a reason to have hope in our life. And that hope turns into courage, and that courage turns into true faith. No, the truth is, the Bible tells us that every people, every tribe group, Every people group and every nation will gather in heaven at one time and they will celebrate with great enthusiasm. They will celebrate with great passion. They will celebrate with great joy. They will celebrate with great sincerity. They will celebrate the honor and majesty of celebrating the resurrected Christ and they will do it with such joy. I want to warn you today, it's Easter Sunday, I'm Italian, I'm Pentecostal and I believe what I'm preaching so there might be a party that just breaks out in the middle of my sermon. Somebody say amen. So if I have a party, you can come to my party. Come on somebody. If I have a party today, you're invited to the party. Amen? If you want to stand up in the middle of the sermon and give the Lord a shout, you can do that as well. Because today is a time that we celebrate. Why? Because Paul the Apostle said Jesus died, he rose again, and the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. Wow! What a scene.
What a scene in heaven. When people from every tribe, every nation will come together and they will celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, let's celebrate right now. If we truly understand what really occurred on the day that Jesus was raised from the dead, if we truly understood what really happened, we wouldn't only celebrate right now, we would celebrate every single day of our life. But today is a great day to celebrate the event that shook the very foundations of hell and opened the door for eternity to all those that would believe. Listen what Paul the Apostle said about the resurrection. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1, if you have your Bibles, turn with me if you would. He said, now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand. He said, you take your stand on this gospel. He said, and this gospel is not devoid of resurrection power. He said, by this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For I received this and I pass it on to you today of first importance that Christ died. It's very important that we don't run past the cross but that we recognize that on that cross, God died for our sins. That it was Christ who died on the cross for us. It was the Messiah. It was the one who was and is and always will be. He was the one who died on the cross. Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Because there's no way in the world that any of us could ever be good enough to get to heaven on our own good works. Somebody say amen. He said, but that he also rose from the grave. He said, on this you take your stand. Today we are celebrating the centerpiece of Christianity. Kevin Cooley once said this, the resurrection of Jesus stands as the single most documented evidence and event in all of history. He said, more than Caesar's crossing of the Rubicon. He said, more than Alexander's conquering of Persia. More than Homer's account of the Trojan War. It is the central event of history. He said even the atheists, even those that do not believe, have been compelled to weigh in and challenge the historical accuracy of the resurrection. That resurrection of Jesus is a significant event historically is one matter. But it's also an event that holds central significance for all of the human race. God took human form. He lived a mortal existence in poverty. He was crucified and he died as a criminal. So unparalleled is this historical event that it would be preposterous to think anything other than the fact that Jesus Christ himself rose from the dead. Why? because of the claims that he made and because of the proof that backs up the resurrection. Only such a resurrection could prove such a seemingly preposterous claim. Only an event of such magnitude would be worthy of pointing all of humanity to God. Let me say that again. Only this event would be so incredibly worthy of pointing humanity to God. My friend, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is the crowning event of history's greatest moment. Herbert Booth Smith once declared concerning the resurrection, Christianity begins where religion ends with the resurrection. Pope John II declared, do not abandon yourself to despair, 
We are Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. I love that. Hallelujah. And hallelujah is our song. Can we practice together as a great big choir? Because one day we're going to go gather around the throne of Jesus Christ, and we are going to sing hallelujah. So in the, in the bleacher creature seats, would you say hallelujah? hallelujah. Oh, yeah, that was good. Do that again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that was beautiful. How about on the main floor? Hallelujah. How about in the cafe? How about via live stream? Everybody together. Hallelujah. I want you to say, Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Indeed, He is risen. Hallelujah. Wow. The Pope tells us that we're to have great hope. And hope should be the, the song of our heart, that we should never abandon uh, ourselves to hopelessness, but that we should have hope. Pastor Adrian Rogers once said, the resurrection is not merely an important event in historic Christian faith. Without it, there would be no Christianity. It is the singular doctrine that elevates Christianity above all other world religions. I love what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham says, the entire plan for the future holes and rest upon the resurrection. Today, we celebrate the many proofs of the resurrection. Today, we celebrate all of the proofs that show us that the resurrection actually occurred in life. We celebrate the change, the radical change that occurred in the disciples as a result of the resurrection. Peter was transformed from a doubter to a believer. Peter was transformed from a coward to a convinced disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ who was willing to give up his very life for the gospel. Thomas was transformed by, by the power of the resurrected Jesus from a doubter to a believer in Christ who was willing to give his life for the gospel. In fact, they did give their lives for the gospel. John the Beloved is transformed from a distant follower to a radical lover of Christ. These disciples who once forsook Jesus Christ, who left him hanging on the cross, now embraces the resurrected Savior and Lord and they're willing to give their life for the gospel. We celebrate the growth of the Christian church in which confirms the resurrection. Peter's first sermon, which dealt with the resurrection, declares that as Peter began to preach, the hearts and lives of people were so changed that on that day, 3,000 people came into the kingdom. And from that point on, the church has grown immensely. Millions of believers all around the world today are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ because He has risen. We celebrate the testimony of hundreds of millions of transformed lives. Many of those lives were broken. Many of those lives were destitute, despairing, that found no hope. Broken marriages were restored. Lost souls were found. Blind eyes were opened. And empty lives were filled. My friend, the most conclusive evidence that that tomb is empty, is sitting in this room. You see, because the truth is, I'm looking at some of you today, and I remember what your life was B.C., before Christ. And now I see your life A.D., after the death and resurrection of Christ. And I can see a restored life. I see hope on your face. I see joy in your heart. I see that God has changed your life. And the greatest proof that Christ is living is a person who puts his trust in Christ and then you see the transform life that occurs. Wow!
I see fathers. I see mothers. I see young people in this place. I see women that have been changed by the power of God. I see people that have been set free from sin's evil grip, that have been given a new lease on life. Their lives have been totally changed. You know what? I think that in so many ways, I'm a great proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ because I was lost. I was hopeless. In fact, when I was 13, I wanted to kill myself. But then when I gave my life to Christ at 19, He changed my whole entire life. You see, you can't tell me that Jesus isn't alive. You can't tell me that Jesus hasn't conquered sin, grave, and, the de and death itself. Why? Because Christ has changed my life. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're still the funniest looking person I've ever seen in my life. But God is doing a great work in your life. Go ahead, tell your neighbor right now. We're not only celebrating the death and resurrection of Christ, but we are celebrating, listen to me, we are celebrating the coronation of deity, the crowning of Christ's ascension today. Paul goes on to say, God seated Jesus at the right hand of the Father in heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be the head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. That Jesus is living inside of you today. Jesus is living inside of me today, and we are filling this world with resurrection hope. Hallelujah. For every Christian that comes to know Christ as their Savior, we fill the world with the hope of Christ. Randy Singer said this, The resurrection sets Christianity apart from all other religions. Only Christianity claims a Messiah that conquered death. The founder of other major world religions are venerated for their final resting place on earth. But those who worship Christ need not to go to the tomb, for He is living in their hearts. It is simple. Listen to me. It is simple. Keep His body entombed in a grave. Appoint the best Roman guards you can. Make sure that no one can physically move the stone. Make sure, guarantee its security with a Roman seal. It's simple. Make sure that that body never leaves that tomb. Make sure the disciples never steal the body. In fact, the Jews wanted to make sure of that. They set their own guards. The Romans wanted to make sure of that. They set their own guards. And they set a seal around the tomb. It's simple. For all the atheists and all the agnostics and all the skeptics, all you have to do is deliver the body. Show me the body. And if you can show me the body, I'll stop believing. You see, all you have to do as a skeptic it's find the body. But here's the problem. They didn't find the body on the third day and they've been looking for the body for 2,000 years. You cannot find the body because He is not there. He is risen. Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? He is not there. He is alive. Somebody say, Hallelujah! Cristo Viva! It's simple. You find the body. And you put a stop to this rapidly spreading religion. But they could not find the body. Listen to me. We celebrate today because the tomb is empty. And the claims of Christ are validated by His resurrection. Listen. Buddha is still 
in his tomb. Hare Krishna is still in his tomb. Mohammed is still in his tomb. But Christ cannot be found. The tomb is empty. And what makes that tomb so historically accurate and celebrated is not what's in the tomb. It's what's not in the tomb. Hallelujah. See, today we're celebrating the crowning moment of the supremacy of Christ. We're not only celebrating His death and His resurrection, but we are also celebrating the fact that when He rose from the dead, as the very things that He claimed, He said, I and the Father are one. He said, before Abraham was, I am. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Today, we are celebrating the crowning moment of the supremacy of Christ. Paul the Apostle tells a young Timothy, beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in a body. He was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels. He was preached among the nations. He was believed in the world, and he was taken up in glory. Paul tells the church of Colossae, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from amongst the dead. You know what the word firstborn means? It means because he rose from the dead, he also gives us eternal life. He became the first to rise from the dead to live eternal life. Hallelujah. He is the beginning and the firstborn from amongst the dead so that in everything he may have supremacy. Everyone say with me, Christ is Lord. Christ is God. Christ rose from the dead. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he has total supremacy. Today we're celebrating victory over death. Not only Christ's death, but our death. The Bible declares that Jesus tasted of death. Here's the wonderful thing about Christ is he was God in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And he was God. And he was with God. But he came and became a man. And he tasted of death. He experienced death. He faced death head on. And he overcame death. And now Jesus can give us eternal life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Though I should walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Friend, I want to tell you, Jesus walked through the valley of the shadow of death. He walked through that long tunnel of death, but He came out on the other side. He tasted of death, but He conquered death. Somebody say amen. He experienced death, but on the third day, He conquered death so that He can say to you and I, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he should walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though he should face the, the tunnel of death, he will also come out on the other side because I hold the keys of death and hell in my hands. I am victorious because I am the resurrection and the life. Paul declared in 1 Corinthians, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have died or fallen asleep in Christ are lost. There is no hope if Christ did not rise from the dead. If only in this life we have hope in Christ, 
we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Paul tells us that if there's no resurrection, then we are men most miserable. Our faith is in vain. We are still in our sin. But we have hope because Christ indeed has been risen from the dead and he conquered death. Paul tells the church at Corinthians, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. He said, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen to me. He said, I tell you the mystery of godliness. Lean forward for a moment. I tell you the mystery of godliness. Christ came. Christ died. Christ was resurrected. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But when Christ died and rose again, then the saying will come true. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, grave, is your sting? Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you afraid of death? Are you afraid of dying? You know, just a few weeks ago, I lost a very dear friend of mine. I shouldn't even say I lost him because he knows where he is. He's in heaven. He went to sleep one night and woke up on the other side of eternity. What a way to go. I'm thinking, God, if I have to go, there's two ways that I'd like to go. Either go to sleep and wake up in heaven or being, preach, be, being at a service preaching the gospel and then all of a sudden you rapture me home. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Take me out of this world. Glory to God. But I want to tell you that just a few weeks ago, one of my best friends went on to be with the Lord. And I'll never forget, I flew down to Florida. And we did the service, and after the service, we went to the grave site, and they were lowering that casket in the ground. And the Lord spoke to me. And I said to the people that were there, I said, listen to me, the Bible says, we are not to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep. But those that believe in Christ, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me should not perish but have everlasting life I said if we believe in Christ then the Bible tells us the trumpet of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall be resurrected and we that remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air so we shall be with one another encourage one another with those words and as I saw them lowering that coffin in the ground and as I saw them throwing dirt on that coffin something welled up inside of me and I realized that one day that coffin that grave that grave site is going to open wide up and my friend Dominic is going to be resurrected to meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Even his very body will be changed. The Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. Hallelujah. We have great hope because Christ faced death, conquered death so that we might have hope. So this morning, we've come to celebrate. We've come to celebrate the risen Savior and the Lord. We do not need to be afraid. Are you afraid today? Are you hopeless today? Do you need power to change in your life? Jesus himself has gone to the lowest regions of the grave and defeated death, hell, discouragement, despair, sorrow, and sin. John saw the glorious risen Savior. Listen what he said. He said, on, on the day of the Lord, on the resurrection day of the Lord, he said, I was praying. And I saw the Lord 
I turned around to see and hear this voice that was speaking. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was one like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all of its brilliance. He saw the resurrected Jesus. When I saw him, the Bible says, I felt as if I were dead. Then he placed his right hand on me, and he said, Do not be afraid. I am the first, and I am the last. I am the living one. I was dead. Behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death in Hades in my hand. Today, we've come to celebrate power. Are you ready? Are you ready to celebrate? Are you ready to celebrate? Are you ready to sing? Now, in this church, not only do we sing, not only do we get happy, but sometimes we just allow ourselves to dance a little bit. Hallelujah. Every once in a while we get so happy at the truth of the gospel and what Christ did for us that we have a real party and you're invited to the party. Why? Because we've come to celebrate resurrection power. Paul the Apostle calls it the power that quickens our mortal body. Our promise of power that quickens our mortal body has been given to us by the resurrected Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. I pray, Paul said, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you. That's my prayer for you. That hope would be awakened in your soul and in your spirit. That your spiritual eyes would be opened and you would see the great hope that we have in the resurrection. He said not only that, he says, but I want you to also see the glorious riches and inheritance that are found in the saints. And then he said, I want you to understand the power that is available to us that believe. That power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. If that same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. Are you sick today? Has the doctor given you a bad report? Well, let me tell you something. A month and a half ago, a young lady in our church got a bad report. The doctor said, get your house in order. You have 30 days to live. Well, I want to tell you, not only is she still alive, but she went back to the doctor and the doctor said, your heart is okay. Hallelujah. See, God can do anything. God can heal the sick. You need healing today. After the service, a woman ran over to me. She said, Pastor Steve, my daughter is healed. She said, my daughter had all kinds of complications medically. She said, but we prayed and God healed her. I believe that the same Jesus who healed the sick 2,000 years ago, the same Jesus that opened blind eyes, the same Jesus that raised the dead is here in this room right here. Jesus Ta'aki, he is here today in this place and he wants to touch your body. The Bible says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. Or maybe you don't need healing in your body. You need power to change. 
I don't know why you came today. Maybe you came to make somebody happy, but this is your day. This is your opportunity for faith to awaken in your soul. I've been praying for you this week. And my prayer is that you will have a faith awakening. No matter who you are, no matter what's occurred in your life, no matter how bad you've been in the past, you can forget what was behind and you can come to Christ today and start all over again. I love the resurrection because it celebrates power and new life. Maybe you need power to overcome the addictions of your life. Maybe you simply need power to live a new life. You need power to love God. You can't love God without resurrection power. Maybe you need power to overcome the obstacles in your life that keep you from serving God. You see, if Christ is truly resurrected, then we can live a new life. What kind of a life? A life that is filled with resurrection power. We can live a life that is, is filled with conquering faith, is filled with courage to face the difficulties of our life. We can live a life that's filled with God-sized miracles. Listen what Paul the Apostle says in Romans chapter 6. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about a religion. We're not talking about coming to church once a week and celebrating a dead Messiah. We're talking about new life. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new person. All things are passed away and all things have become new. New life. Paul the Apostle reminds us, if we've been united with him in his death, we will certainly be united with him in his resurrection. Listen to me. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about new life. If Christ is truly resurrected then you and I can live in power over our drug addictions, power over alcohol and codependency and sin and the destructive habits that keep us from really loving God. If Christ is truly resurrected, we don't need to live in fear and doubt and hopelessness any longer. Why? Because the truth of the matter is we're celebrating today hope, hope in the resurrection.
he had thought that Jesus was the Messiah. He was convinced in his heart that he was the Christ. In fact, one time Jesus said, and who do, say, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. And Jesus said to him, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. And now he's watching his hope hang on the cross. He's watching his best friend bleeding and dying on the cross. He watches as they take his limp body down from the cross and they place him in the tomb. And he's guilt-ridden because he cannot even stand up for his own Messiah. He betrays Christ. He's dejected. He's filled. His heart is filled with hopelessness. And what does he do? He goes into his work shed and he pulls out his fishing net. And he says to himself, I might as well go back to my old life. I might as well go back to what I know how to do. I had thought that he was going to give me a new life, new hope. I had thought that he was going to conquer the Romans. And the Messiah was going to come, but now he's dead. He's in the tomb. And on Saturday, he pulls out that fishing net. And he does the only thing that he knows how to do. He goes back to his old life. He goes back to fishing. Friends, when we're filled with hopelessness in our life, when we're dejected and discouraged, we tend to go back to our old life, to old ways of life. But friend, the truth is our old way of life, our old ways of thinking, our old way of doing things, only always lead to death. It only leads to emptiness of soul and heart. It's Saturday night, and he's fishing all night. He's trying to catch one fish. That's what happens when you go back to your old life. It leaves you helpless, leaves you destitute, and it leaves you feeling empty on the inside and like a failure. And he had been toiling all night long, and they caught nothing, and now the sun is rising. Now the sun is rising. And from a distance, they see a figure. He's walking on the shore. As he gets closer and closer, as he gets closer, John the Beloved, he sees. As he gets closer, John the Beloved recognizes, that's not just a man. That's the Messiah. That's Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And before John could jump out of the boat, the Bible says, Peter takes his outer garment and he throws it on and he jumps out of the boat. And that was the moment that the awakening began in Peter's heart, in Peter's life. The resurrected Jesus brought an awakening of hope, of faith, of power, and of love. Peter, do you love me? Oh, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, surely you know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. You know that I love Feed my sheep, Peter. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. Yes, I know all things. And one day, your hope, that hope that has just been awakened in your spirit, will turn into courage. And one day, you will die for the faith. 
before Peter dies, he says, 